This hearing is called to order. Uh, I'd like to first recognize uh, the ambassador from Georgia is here in the audience today, and you know, welcome. And I'm pleased to be holding this hearing to confirm some, uh, I think, very qualified individuals that are willing to serve this nation in the capacity of ambassadors to, to Kosovo, to Georgia, to Latvia, to Sweden, and Croatia. Uh, I, from, you know, certainly from my standpoint, I've, I've been in the Senate now for, for four years on Senate Foreign Relations for two and a half. And I just had to first say, I've, I've always been very impressed with the quality of uh, career foreign service individuals and, and people that serve this nation in the capacity of, of ambassadors. Uh, you know, from my standpoint, it's, it's such an important position in terms of being able to convey our values around the world. Uh, I hope you all take that responsibility. I'm sure you will very seriously. Uh, conveying that, uh, you know, America, although not perfect, this has been a phenomenal force for good in the world. And I really do believe that the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, if uh, utilized properly, and certainly always ask our ambassadors to, to think of how you can utilize this committee, whether it's holding hearings, whether it's a potentially passing resolutions to, to reinforce uh, the work you're doing in those countries that uh, you are representing America for, but also you're, you're representing those countries back to America. It's, it's really a two-way street. So I certainly appreciate uh, you know, your, your willingness to serve. Uh, I know Senator Shaheen has is, is, uh, got tight schedule, so I'll, I'll not say anything further until I introduce the, the nominees. Uh, Senator Shaheen. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Welcome. I want to congratulate each of you on your nominations and express my appreciation to you for your willingness to serve this country and take on these new responsibilities at such a critical time. Um, I also want to welcome all of your families who are here today, um, and I hope that you'll introduce them as you're starting your statements. You've all been named amb for ambassadorial posts in important countries in strategic areas of Europe. We're considering your nominations and our relations with these countries against the backdrop of an aggressive Russia in Europe's east and growing instability in its south, in the Middle East and in North Africa. I look forward to discussing a wide range of issues regarding the countries that you're going to serve and other challenges facing Europe today and uh, hope that um, you will be confirmed to these very important posts. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Senator Kane, would you like to make a comment or? Okay. Uh, with that, I, I'll just introduce you one at a time before your testimony, and we'll start from my right going left with uh, Mr. Uh, Delawee. Mr. Greg Delawee is currently the Deputy Assistant Secretary within the Bureau of Arms Control, Verification and Compliance of the State Department. He is a career member of the Senior Foreign Service, and he is uh, the nominee for Ambassador to Kosovo. Uh, Mr. Delawee. Thank you very much, Chairman Johnson, uh, Ranking Member Shaheen, Senator Kane. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to appear before you today as the President's nominee to be Ambassador to Kosovo, to the Republic of Kosovo. I deeply appreciate the confidence President Obama and, Senator Ker and Secretary Kerry have placed in me. I am accompanied today by my wife, Vonda Delawi, a retired Foreign Service officer, and further back, my daughter Torrance uh, and my son Fred, all of whom have shared with me the joys and challenges of bouncing uh, from one country to the next. For all of us, it has been an honor to work for the American people and to represent them to the rest of the world. The United States' relationship with Europe's youngest democracy is based on a shared vision of Kosovo's legitimate place in a Europe whole, free, and at peace. Indeed, Kosovo has made remarkable progress since declaring independence. It has drafted and implemented modern laws, 
Economic growth has been steady, and security throughout the country has improved, creating an atmosphere that allows the EU-led dialogue between Kosovo and Serbia to flourish. Despite these significant achievements, Kosovo continues to face many obstacles. If confirmed as ambassador, I will lead a whole-of-government U.S. effort to help it surmount the remaining challenges to its becoming a fully democratic, multi-ethnic, sovereign nation. If confirmed, I will focus on three central and highly interdependent areas, strengthening the rule of law, increasing regional security, and promoting economic reforms. I'd like to share what I see as our priorities, beginning with the rule of law. First, corruption hampers Kosovo's democratic and economic development. The government of Kosovo must develop a coordinated approach to addressing it. If confirmed, I will intensify interagency support for Kosovo's anti-corruption efforts and help restore citizens' faith in their government. Next, Kosovo must respond appropriately to allegations of serious crimes committed between 1998 and 2000. Kosovo must uphold its commitments by adopting soon the necessary legal measures to set up a special court to handle any potential indictments stemming from the ongoing investigation into the alleged crimes committed during this period. I will, if confirmed, encourage the government of Kosovo to diligently support the court's judicial proceedings. Third, Kosovo confronts a significant human trafficking problem, despite having good anti-trafficking and victim protection laws. If confirmed, I will work with Kosovo to implement these laws and intensify the fight against this modern form of slavery. In terms of regional security, normalization of the Kosovo-Serbia relationship is a fundamental requirement for lasting stability in the Balkans. We continue to fully support the EU-led dialogue between Kosovo and Serbia and full implementation of all elements of the April 2013 Agreement on Normalization. If confirmed, I will champion minority rights and promote integration throughout Kosovo. We must also find durable solutions for thousands of displaced persons. I applaud Kosovo for its robust efforts to confront the threat posed by foreign terrorist fighters heading to Syria and Iraq and Kosovo's participation in the counter-ISIL coalition. With U.S. assistance, the government of Kosovo is improving its capacity to prosecute terrorism cases and developing a national plan for countering violent extremism. If confirmed, I will continue backing this important work. Kosovo is in the process of transitioning from the Kosovo Security Force to the Kosovo Armed Forces. If confirmed, I will ensure that the United States guides this transition in a way that increases regional stability, strengthens democratic institutions in Kosovo, and positions it to qualify for eventual NATO membership. Mr. Chairman, if confirmed, encouraging Kosovo's economic reform and development will be one of my highest priorities. This will be key to reducing high rates of poverty and unemployment, to promoting regional ties, and to expanding opportunities for U.S. firms. The lack of dependent, uh, dependable electrical power is widely considered Kosovo's greatest obstacle to sustained economic growth. If confirmed, I will work with Kosovo to implement its energy strategy, including promoting significant growth in renewable energy. This is a daunting agenda, but I know from my 30 plus years in the Foreign Service that I will not have to pursue it alone. I will be able to draw on the experience of the talented team of Americans and local staff in Embassy Pristina, as well as on partners from multiple agencies in Washington and on so many others who want to see Kosovo succeed. I look forward to remaining in close consultation with the legislative branch and this committee to advance U.S. interests in the Balkans. Mr. Chairman, 
If confirmed, I will do my utmost to promote a democratic Kosovo whose citizens trust its institutions, which is at peace with its neighbors, and which is making a sustainable contribution to the global economy. Thank you very much for your attention. I hope you will place your trust in me and confirm me as ambassador to Kosovo. I'm happy to take any questions. Thank you, Mr. Delawey. Our, our next uh, nominee is uh, Ambassador Ian Kelly. Uh, he's the nominee for the Ambassador of Georgia. Uh, Ambassador Ian Kelly is a career member of the Foreign Service and currently serves as the St Department of State's diplomat in residence at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Prior to that, he served as U.S. Ambassador to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. Uh, Mr. Kelly. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Senator Shaheen, Senator Kane. I'm deeply honored to appear before you as President Obama's nominee to be Ambassador to Georgia. It's a particular privilege uh, for me to have a second opportunity to be considered by this committee and serve the American people in this way. If confirmed, I pledge to devote all of my efforts to advancing U.S. interests and promoting the security of the American people. For all 30 years of my government service, my wife Francesca has been by my side and I am pleased that she's behind me right now. Nearly 40 years ago, after spending several months studying in the USSR, I visited Tbilisi and was immediately struck by the vitality and independent spirit of the Georgian people. A few years later, the Georgian people were in the forefront of the movement to free the captive nations of the Soviet Union. We supported their desire for independence then, and we support it now. The United States stands firm in its commitment to Georgia's sovereignty, territorial integrity, and independence. We condemn the ongoing occupation of Georgia's Abkhazia and South Ossetia regions by Russian forces. Furthermore, Russia's so-called treaties with the de facto authorities in Abkhazia and South Ossetia have absolutely no legitimacy. In Georgia, an important principle is at stake, the right of all sovereign nations to choose their own alliances and associations. The United States and our allies support Georgia's Euro-Atlantic aspirations, including NATO membership and EU integration. No third party has the right to veto those aspirations. If confirmed, I look forward to working with the Georgian government and my embassy colleagues in realizing these aspirations. I will also urge all Georgians who believe in their country's Euro-Atlantic goals to unite in supporting them and move their country forward. On the road to Euro-Atlantic uh, integration, Georgia has made substantial progress toward becoming a fully democratic state. Its 2012 and 2013 elections resulted in the first constitutional changes of government in post-Soviet Georgia. While progress has been real and substantial, more work needs to be done for Georgia to realize its goal of an environment fully conducive to political pluralism. We will work with all parties in Georgia to help ensure the next parliamentary elections are the freest and fairest in Georgia's history. The U.S. has been a partner in this effort with a robust assistance program to help Georgia strengthen accountable government and consolidate its democratic institutions. If Georgia's quest to integrate with the West is to succeed, it is critical that we improve the climate for trade and investment. This is an area where the government and opposition should be able to come together. Georgia needs to take advantage of the great opportunity that its association agreement with the European Union represents particularly increased trade between Georgia and Europe through the agreement's deep and comprehensive free trade area. The United States appreciates Georgia's growing role as a regional business trade and logistics hub 
and its contributions to the revitalization of east-west trade routes along the New Silk Road, connecting European and Asian markets. If confirmed, I will support Georgia's focus on the future, particularly economic development, to create jobs and contribute to the long-term stability of the country and the region. Mr. Chairman, there's a lot of work to do. And if the Senate confirms my nomination, I look forward to rolling up my sleeves and getting down to it, advancing the mutual interests of the American and Georgian peoples. Thank you, and I welcome your questions. Thank you. Thank you, Ambassador Kelly. Our, our next nominee is Mrs. Nancy Pettit. Am I pronouncing that right? Good. That's, I'm generally bad about, you know, 30% on that. Um, yeah, Mrs. Pettit is our nominee for the ambassador to, to Latvia. Uh, she is currently the director of the Western European Affairs Office within the State Department and is a career foreign service officer. Mrs. Pettit's past positions include the director of policy planning and coordination at the State Department's Bureau of International Narcotic, Narcotics and Law Enforcement and positions at posts in Kiev, Moscow, and Vienna. Mrs. Pettit. Mr. Chairman and distinguished members of the committee, I am honored to appear before you today as President Obama's nominee to be the next U.S. Ambassador to the Republic of Latvia. I am deeply grateful to President Obama and Secretary Kerry for the confidence and trust they have placed in me. If confirmed by the Senate, I pledge to devote my time, energy, and expertise to advancing America's interests in Latvia and strengthening relations between our two countries. I commit myself to working closely with the committee, your staffs, and your congressional colleagues to build on our shared interest in a strong and vibrant U.S.-Latvian partnership. I would like to thank my family, friends, and colleagues for providing encouragement and support throughout my career. In particular, special thanks to my husband, Jim, the current ambassador to Moldova, uh, daughters Sarah and Liz Pettit, and son-in-law Josh Katzenstein, who are watching this online. I'd like to introduce my sisters, Ellen Phipps and Barbara Bykoff, and brother Russ Bykoff, who are here with me today. Thank you for coming. I've spent the bulk of my 33-year career as a public servant working on issues related to Europe and transatlantic relations. From my early days as a desk officer in the Office of Soviet Union Affairs to my most recent position as Director of the Office of Western European Affairs, I've devoted my professional life to advancing our shared vision of a Europe that is whole, free, and at peace. I believe these experiences have prepared me well to lead our mission in Riga, and if confirmed, continue our work with the Republic of Latvia on a forward-looking, ambitious global agenda. The United States and Latvia share a long history of friendship and cooperation. From the darkest days of the Soviet occupation through the end of the Cold War, the United States' commitment to the Latvian people never wavered. Following the restoration of Latvia's independence in 1991, the country embarked on an ambitious path toward Euro-Atlantic integration, joining NATO and the EU in 2004, adopting the Euro in 2014, and setting a powerful example for other countries aspiring to be free. As allies, U.S. and Latvian troops have fought together and died together in Iraq and Afghanistan. Through our cooperation in Afghanistan, Latvia has become one of only seven countries certified as joint terminal attack controllers who provide essential targeting expertise for NATO combat missions. With U.S. support, Latvia has also increased its development assistance to countries around the world. Whether it is contributing humanitarian assistance to fight the spread of Ebola or supporting international efforts to combat ISIL, Latvia has always stepped up to the plate. Without a doubt, Russia's continued aggression in Ukraine has challenged the vision of a Europe that is whole, free, and at peace, threatening the security of Latvia and all of our regional allies. This is why the United States has deployed company-sized units to Poland and the three Baltic states 
since April 2014 under Operation Atlantic Resolve. Through President Obama's $1 billion European Reassurance Initiative, we will maintain this regional, this rotational presence for as long as necessary and fund military infrastructure improvement projects. These efforts embody the United States' commitment to Latvia's security under NATO's Article 5. Meanwhile, Latvia has enacted legislation to meet its NATO defense spending commitment of 2% of GDP by 2020 and is using its role as the current EU presidency country to maintain international pressure on Russia while also offering Moscow a diplomatic off-ramp should it choose peace over further escalation. Mr. Chairman, if confirmed by the Senate, I will continue to grow our partnership with Latvia to the benefit of our shared security and prosperity. Latvia has made advancing the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, TTIP, a top priority. If confirmed, I will work with my Latvian counterparts to build Latvian support for a comprehensive TTIP agreement that boosts economic growth, creates jobs, and sets a new standard for trade that reflects our shared values. While Latvia has made great strides over the past 20 years in implementing democratic reforms and rule of law, I believe more work needs to be done in the areas of combating corruption, addressing Holocaust-era legacies such as Jewish communal property restitution, and taking advantage of Latvia's rich cultural diversity. Almost 25 years ago, Latvia emerged from captivity, seeking the democracy, prosperity, and security that we in the transatlantic community have enjoyed for nearly seven decades. Through sheer determination, sacrifice, and an enduring commitment to the principles of freedom, the Latvian people persevered and succeeded in building a vibrant, flourishing democracy. If confirmed, I promise to further enrich the bonds between our countries and continue confronting global challenges together as close partners and NATO allies. Thank you again for the privilege of appearing before you today, and I look forward to answering your questions. Thank you, Mrs. Pettit. Our next nominee is uh, Ms. Ms. Zita Raji. Uh, she's our nominee for ambassador to Sweden. Uh, Ms. Raji has served as a member of the President's Commission on White House Fellowships since 2013. She's also trustee of Barnard College and a member of the advisory board of the Social Enterprise Program at Columbia Business School. As a former investment banker, Ms. Raji specialized in European and emerging markets. Ms. Raji. Chairman, Senator Shaheen, and uh, Senator Kane. Um, I'd like to begin by recognizing my parents for their wisdom, strength, and encouragement, which are fundamental to my being here today. I'm deeply grateful to my husband, Gary Simon, who's here. And four out of our five daughters are here, and I'm grateful to all of them, uh, our son-in-law, and especially our grandson, Theo, seven-year-old Theo, is here. And I have to admit that I'm a little bit nervous today because I really have not had a chance to prepare for his questions, which will undoubtedly come <laughs> afterwards. Um, I'm here as a woman whose family endured the life-altering upheaval of the Iranian Revolution and found new hope and new life in the United States of America. Throughout my life, while working or studying in countries as different as Iran, Switzerland, Japan, and the United States, I arrived at the realization that I had been, in principle and sensibility, quintessentially American all along. So I've never taken for granted the freedom to speak my mind, the protection of the rule of law, or our belief in unity within diversity, which is expressed in our country's de facto motto, e pluribus unum. That is the belief that has made me effective in what I've chosen to do in business, in philanthropy, in the political arena, and even in my own family life. So it's especially meaningful for me to find myself here before this distinguished committee trusted by President Obama and Secretary Kerry to represent the United States of America and to be asked to do so in Sweden, 
a valued partner and close friend of the United States, but also a country where respect for the rule of law, individual freedoms, human dignity, and gender equality are hallmarks of national identity and defining pillars of government policy. So if confirmed, I pledge and look forward to working closely with you to enhance our cooperation with Sweden by focusing on four priorities. First, Sweden is an engaged and effective partner of the United States and NATO in promoting global peace and security. Our close cooperation um, in Ukraine as it fights against Russian aggression and seeks to implement ambitious reforms is vital and greatly appreciated. Elsewhere, whether in Africa, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, and Kosovo, or in fighting ISIL, corruption, and global terrorism, Sweden is a valued and reliable partner. So if confirmed, I will work to further strengthen our bilateral partnership with Sweden in security, as well as supporting their cooperation with NATO. Secondly, as a, as a strong and long-standing partner, economic partner of the United States, Sweden is the 11th largest direct foreign investor and one of the fastest growing and largest investors per capita in the United States. Our economic partnership with Sweden supports over 190,000 American jobs, and if confirmed, I will continue our focus on promoting bilateral trade and investment, especially focusing on emerging industries like clean energy, biotech, and information technologies. Thirdly, in, we have a very strong cooperation on environmental issues with Sweden, including our cooperation in the increasingly ar important Arctic region. If confirmed, I will continue our focus on addressing environmental challenges with Sweden, stewardship of the Arctic region, and scientific research. I also look forward to engaging with our Swedish partners, both in the private sector and the government, to explore opportunities to leverage Sweden's energy leadership in the EU and its global leadership in environmental and clean energy technologies to advance our shared interest in an energy secure Europe. Fourth, our friendship with Sweden is anchored in the close um, affinity the, between our peoples and uh, the shared commitment that we have to democratic ideals and uh, institutions around the world. That is manifested through our uh, de development cooperation where Sweden is a strong and global leader and we advance our uh, interests in democracy promotion, human rights, uh, gender equality, governance, and transparency around the world. Um, there are, today there are four million Americans um, in the United States who claim a Swedish descent. They contribute to our culture and society and have been part of our economic development and success from the beginning by building successful companies such as Nordstrom, Walgreens, and uh, Greyhound. If confirmed, I will dedicate myself to advance this enduring friendship by taking a multi-stakeholder approach to developing part, uh, partnership outside of the government between our peoples and institutions and leveraging technology and public-private partnerships to reach new audiences. Finally, we have an excellent, strong, dedicated, and talented embassy team in Stockholm. And if confirmed, I look forward to working with them and facilitating their continued success and being their biggest advocate. Their safety, as well as that of all Americans, will be my first priority and most important priority. Thank you very much. I look forward to your questions. Thank you, Ms. Razi. Uh, our next uh, nominee is uh, Ms. Julieta Noyes. She's our nominee to uh, become ambassador to Croatia. Uh, Ms. Noyes 
currently serves as Deputy Assistant Secretary within the Bureau of European and Eurasian Affairs of the State Department as a, and is a career member of the Foreign Service. Her past positions include Deputy Chief of Mission at the U.S. Embassy to the Holy See and Director of the Office of Multi Multilateral and Global Affairs at the State Department's Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor. Uh, Ms. Noyes. Mr. Chairman, Senator Shaheen, Senator Kane, it's a privilege to appear before you today as President Obama's nominee to be Ambassador to the Republic of Croatia. I am honored by the confidence placed in me by the President and by Secretary Kerry. Confirmed, I look forward to working with this committee and with the Congress to advance U.S.-Croatian relations. I am a first-generation American, the daughter of Cuban refugees who had to come to this country to build a new life, and I am profoundly grateful for the opportunity to repay that debt with service to our great nation. It is a personal pleasure for me to be here with my husband, Nick, a recently retired Foreign Service officer, and our children, Alexandra, Nicholas, and Matthew. With 30 years as a Foreign Service family, we have many happy memories of time spent together overseas and here at home. For the last two years, I have managed U.S. relations with the European Union and worked on trade, energy, security, and other issues with the EU. I have also overseen the work of U.S. embassies in 15 Western European countries, managing a broad range of political, economic, security, and consular issues, and doing broad outreach. My work with nine NATO countries on security issues and defense sales has provided valuable lessons that I would apply if confirmed as the ambassador in Croatia. As deputy chief of mission to the Holy See, I learned how to engage the Catholic leadership, which is important in Croatia. And in all my assignments, I have worked hard to develop and empower my teams to foster high performance and high morale. I would do the same in Zagreb. Mr. Chairman, our bilateral relationship with Croatia is strong and productive. Just last week, Assistant Secretary Victoria Newland met with Foreign Minister Vesna Pusic to discuss how our partnership can advance our many common interests. In April, Embassy Zagreb and private sector partners hosted the fifth Brown Forum in Croatia, a regional conference convened to focus on how to spur entrepreneurship and increase trade and investment between our countries and with the region. Croatia has come a long way since its hard-won independence, becoming a NATO member in 2009 and the European Union's 28th and newest member in 2013. The citizens of Croatia deserve warm congratulations for all that they have achieved. And Croatia has generously shared the lessons that it has learned, assisting its Western Balkan partners and neighbors in their aspirations for Euro-Atlantic integration. We encourage the government of Croatia to press forward and in so doing, help address the remaining bilateral and regional legacies of the Balkans conflict. Croatia is an active and committed EU member. A Croatian commissioner leads the EU's work on international cooperation and development. Croatian members of the European Parliament serve on the critical budget, economic, foreign affairs, and other committees. Croatia's leaders have endorsed a US-EU transatlantic trade and investment partnership. As a reliable NATO ally, Croatia makes valued contributions to global security. We appreciate its commitment first to the International Security Assistance Force and now the Resolute Support Mission in Afghanistan as well as to the Kosovo force where Croatia provides valuable helicopter lift support. Croatia is a member of the Global Coalition to Fight ISIL 
and it was among the first countries to send observers into Crimea and continues to provide monitors in eastern Ukraine for the OSCE mission. Brave Croatian men and women are serving in 11 peacekeeping missions around the world. Croatia now enjoys a mature democratic society, yet there is more to be done. It continues to be challenged by sluggish growth and far too high unemployment. The Croatian government has recognized the urgent need for reforms to welcome business investment, eradicate excessive red tape, and increase transparency and predictability for businesses. If confirmed, I will seek to further solidify our partnership with Croatia, building on the exemplary work of our outgoing ambassador and my good friend, Ken Merton, and our terrific country team in Zagreb. As ambassador, I will promote several interconnected priorities in Croatia, fostering economic growth and prosperity, helping Croatia realize its potential to become a regional energy hub, strengthening the capabilities of a willing security partner, and advancing regional stability. If confirmed, I will encourage Croatia's contributions to US-EU relations in pivotal areas such as transatlantic trade, energy security, and collaboration in the digital sphere. I will also actively uphold our strategic alliance in NATO, the Resolute Support Mission in Afghanistan, the Counter-ISIL Coalition, and more. Mr. Chairman, Senator Shaheen, Senator Kane, thank you for this opportunity to appear before you. I would welcome any questions. Thank you, Ms. Noyes. Uh, again, thank you all for your, your testimony and your willingness to serve our nation. And I'd also like to join our ranking member, Senator Shaheen, in, in welcoming all the family members here in, in the committee room as well as uh, watching online. Um, you know, so, so much of a country's success, really, you know, whether it's for peace and stability, uh, really, really relies on economic prosperity. I guess what I'd like to do is just kind of go right down the list and, or right down the, the panel. Now, starting with you, Mr. Delaway, and I'd like each nominee to talk about the economic opportunities in, in the countries you are going to represent the U.S. to, as well as the economic challenges, as well as you know, what, what is the greatest co uh, opportunity for cooperation between uh, your country and, uh, uh, and, and the U.S.? Mr. Delaway. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Uh, right now, the uh, economic situation in, in Kosovo is, is improving. Uh, it is uh, the, one of the poorest countries in Europe. Uh, gross to domestic product is about $7 billion a year. Uh, it has uh, significant challenges, as I outlined in my testimony, but it also has significant, significant opportunities. It has a very young population. Uh, it has uh, significant uh, natural resources that remain largely uh, untapped. Uh, and. Um, it has a very, very talented population, which is demonstrated by the fact that the biggest export of, of, of Kosovo is its talented population that is elsewhere, in, uh, mostly in Western Europe, and is sending billions of dollars in remittances home uh, every year. The uh, opportunities for cooperation uh, are at present limited by corruption, which I addressed in, in my testimony, and that is something that we have to uh, work with Cor the uh, Kosovar uh, government to address, uh, and uh, I will do so certainly vigorously uh, if confirmed. Thank you, Mr. Delaware, uh, Ambassador Kelly. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, for that, uh, that question. Uh, our um, bilateral uh, assistance program is very much focused on uh, trade and investment and enhancing opportunities for uh, American businesses to invest in, in Georgia. And we very much see 
a growing economy as very much a part of our foreign policy priority, promoting uh, stability and, um, and security uh, in, in the region. I think in terms of um, the greatest opportunities for Georgia, I think it is, uh, I mentioned already its recent uh, agreement with the EU uh, to increase trade with the, with the EU, and I think that's a tremendous opportunity for Georgia. And also, I think the, uh, Georgia's strategic position as um, between Asia and Europe, and I think that it can, uh, it can really gain a lot from being uh, this east-west uh, corridor for energy in particular, but also for uh, transporting goods from, uh, from Central Asia uh, to Europe. And uh, if confirmed, I look forward to, to working uh, with you and with the Congress and, and identifying more opportunities. Thank you. Thank you, Ambassador Kelly. Uh, Mrs. Pettit. Um, thank you, Senator, for that question. Uh, deepening uh, economic, uh, deepening trade and investment with uh, Latvia is one of our highest priorities in, in deepening our relationship. And uh, last year, our uh, total bilateral trade and investment was about $700 million. If I'm confirmed, I would work uh, to expand that. Uh, in terms of opportunities, I think that uh, the Northern Distribution Network uh, where Riga served as a hub for material going to Afghanistan could pos possibly be um, developed in, into a uh, new economic opportunity for Latvia. And that's an area that uh, I would explore with them if, if confirmed. Ms. Raji. In many ways, we already have a very strong and long-lasting trade and investment partnership uh, with Sweden that went, goes back to 1783. We have a robust, um, as I mentioned earlier, there are strong foreign investor in the United States, and we have a strong, strong trade relationships. Bilaterally, the opportunities lie in um, looking at industries where there is potential. For example, in the smart grid industry in the United States, we're one of the leaders, export leaders, I think the third uh, leading export leader of transmission and distribution equipment, um, electrical equipment. Um, it's an area that was identified by the National um, Export Initiative as an area of high growth and potential for the United States to grow. Um, because of the interest internationally in investing in um, dated uh, electricity infrastructure, that is an area that we can explore with Sweden that they possibly could be interested, as well as energy in the efficiency in the built environment. So that's just to pick one sector. Um, Sweden is a, um, presents a successful example in building prosperity through trade. Um, it has managed to transform its once agricultural society over the last 150 years into one of the world's most prosperous, competitive, and innovative modern industrial economies, largely relying on trade, where it's now over 50% of its um, GDP. So we will explore the bilateral opportunities, but I think there's also a multilateral opportunity. Because of Sweden's strong example in building prosperity through trade, I will look for opportunities to explore with our Swedish partners to see how we can um, highlight and leverage that strong example in Europe in reaching our uh, shared objective of a transatlantic and Pacific partnership. Um, and finally, I, I want to just say that my background in business and finance, especially in the emerging markets, had made me realize the important connection between economic prosperity and political stability and civil society. So um, I. Share Secretary view, uh, Kerry's view that foreign policy is econo economic policy is foreign policy. And if confirmed, I will use my 
skills in business and finance towards economic statecraft to open new markets uh, for the United States, encourage foreign investment in the United States, and increase exports. Thank you, Ms. Raji. Uh, Ms. Noyes. Thank you, Senator. Uh, Croatia has suffered from recession for the last six years and is only barely now coming to a position of positive growth. Its unemployment rate ranges from about 18.5% for the general population to about 48% for youth. Its deficit is 5.7% of GDP, and its debt-to-GDP ratio is about 85%. Clearly has a lot of economic issues that it needs to address in addition to its difficult investment climate. Um, but Croatia also has some real advantages. It's a breathtakingly beautiful country, very attractive to tourists. If confirmed, I hope that you will come to visit. Uh, uh, but it is also, uh, it has an enormously uh, motivated, educated population. Its uh, recent admission into the European Union has given it um, additional resources and expertise that it can draw upon. And Croatia also has energy resources of its own. Uh, it is these energy resources that the Croatian government is trying to expand on in creating and making itself into a regional energy hub. If confirmed, I would seek to work with the Croatian government to tackle some of these very difficult economic issues, working with uh, our government here, but also with uh, the European Union and with Brussels and with other countries in the neighborhood because a number of these are issues that need to be tackled regionally. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Noyes. Uh, Senator Shaheen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Mr. Delawi, I had the opportunity to visit Kosovo in February of 2010 on their Independence Day, their second Independence Day. And I remember um, the people on the streets waving flags from Kosovo and from America, um, thanking Americans. It was very moving to see that. Um, I was very encouraged when I heard that there had been an agreement reached between Kosovo and Serbia um, to lessen tensions between the two countries. Can you give us an update on how the relationship with Serbia is going and um, what additional progress has been made since that uh, accord was signed. Thank you very much, Senator Shaheen. And uh, if confirmed, I certainly hope you'll come back and see what's changed since uh, February of 2010. Uh, the uh, relationship between Kosovo and Serbia is going pretty well. Uh, we are firm supporters of the EU-sponsored uh, dialogue. Uh, there was an agreement in 2013 uh, that uh, lead is uh, on a path toward normalization uh, of relations between the two countries. There's been a lot of progress uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, the police are integrated now. Uh, the Serbs and, uh, and Albanians are, are integrated in the same police department. Uh, judicial structures are, are merged. The Serbian parallel courts in the northern chunk of the country uh, are no longer taking new cases. Um, there are liaison uh, offices uh, between the two countries. Uh, and um, the EU has been very enthusiastic in, in helping to, to promote this using the, the idea of a potential path for both countries ultimately into a EU integration. Uh, the, EU, the new EU high rep, uh, Mogherini, uh, was in Kosovo uh, actually in March. Uh, she helped uh, initiate some additional progress on judicial issues. Uh, so 
progress is, is going pretty well, and uh, I think we can all be happy of the role that the United States has played in promoting that progress. Thank you. Um, I agree. I, I think we should be very proud of that. Can you also talk about the Serbian church? Because as I remember, one of the concerns was the fact that um, many of the um, churches, Serbian churches, were a concern in terms of potential protection in the future. Uh, that is, is certainly one of the issues that the embassy uh, in Pristina pays close attention to. Uh, they are, are talking about it, protecting the, the Serbian Orthodox heritage in Kosovo is certainly one of the key uh, elements of this normalization dialogue. It's something our embassy pays close attention to. Uh, and as far as I know, that is, uh, has been going uh, relatively well. And I believe the uh, embassy has even put some money from the ambassador's uh, fund into uh, remodeling and protecting uh, some of the Serbian Orthodox churches in Kosovo. Thank you. That's very encouraging. Um, Ms. Noyes, can you, um, you mentioned the importance of Croatia in the region, in the Balkans, in terms of its econ future economic prosperity. Can you talk about what um, you as ambassador would be able to do to encourage um, economic prosperity with, um, with the region and also what the United States is doing to promote economic prosperity. Thank you, Senator. Uh, yes, uh, one of the things that Croatia is seeking to do is to become a regional energy hub. It has resources of its own. It provides about 60% of its own um, gas for domestic use, but it also has uh, a great geographic location and some infrastructure that already exists that uh, would allow it, if it could build an LNG import terminal, and they're looking at building one on the Kurik Island, um, that would allow it to be uh, a, a hub for the export or the importation of LNG and then the export to other countries in the region. This would not only help with the, with the regional needs, but it would also reduce reliance on Russian gas. Um, and Croatia has also been very engaged and active within the EU uh, and in NATO in advancing the Euro-Atlantic integration of its partners and, and seeking to have greater relations between the EU and other countries in the Balkans. So it, uh, if confirmed, I would certainly seek to uh, promote both of those objectives, the, the LNG terminal, the creation of the regional energy hub, but also to support Croatia's advocacy and, uh, and its emphasis on making all of the countries of the Balkans oriented towards the West, both in terms of their, their democratic uh, behavior, but the economic growth and their free market orientation. And, and to what extent has Croatia been affected or has it been affected by the financial difficulties in Greece? Uh, well, Senator, uh, Croatia and Greece are the only two countries in the EU that have suffered from a recession for the last six years. In each case, and I know this a bit on Greece because of my current job uh, working with the European Union, there are factors in each country that are specific to the country, but there's no doubt that both countries were also affected by the greater economic downturn in Europe. Uh, as we see now with uh, dropping energy prices, uh, frankly, the drop, it, the drop in the value of the euro, we're starting to see growth turning around in Europe. And 
In fact, we are now seeing Croatia coming out of the recession and doing better. So I, they're not necessarily linked to each other, but they both have been affected by greater trends as well as by macroeconomic issues that they need to tackle independently, both in Zagreb and in Athens. Thank you. Mr. Kelly, um, one, of the, one of the issues that I've had the opportunity to raise with Georgian officials when they have been here is concern about um, the perception that arrests of some former political leaders um, raise questions about the rule of law and the judicial system in Georgia. And to what extent do you think it's, what can we do in the United States to encourage Georgia to continue to move forward um, with democracy and to address the, the potential to see former political opponents as um, subject to arrest as opposed to what they are, which is former political opponents. Well, thank you very much uh, for that question. Our top foreign policy priority for Georgia is helping it uh, attain its, its aspirations to join uh, Euro-Atlantic institutions. And of course, we would not want to see anything um, degrade that trajectory towards uh, Euro-Atlantic integration. And um, in our bilateral contacts, uh, I know that Ambassador Norland has uh, had many uh, good consultations with the Georgian government and uh, we have stressed the importance of not even having the perception of any kind of political use, of any kind of uh, judicial levers. Having said that, um, we also have a very uh, strong cooperation with Georgia to ensure that the judicial process in, in all cases is, is uh, transparent and accountable. And uh, I think Georgia has made great strides in uh, ensuring the uh, independence of the judiciary. Uh, but you have uh, put, you've put your, your finger on one of the issues that if you do confirm me, that I'm gonna keep a very uh, close eye on. So thank you very much for raising that. Well, thank you, and my time is up, but let me just say how much I appreciate the close relationship that America and Georgia have had, and their contributions to our efforts in Afghanistan have been significant. So um, I think they've made tremendous progress and want to see them continue to succeed. I second that. Thank you. Senator Kane. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Ms. Noyes, you talked a little bit about the security cooperation between the U.S. and Croatia, and I... Uh, not, have not been to Croatia, so when my staff and I were digging, it's pretty impressive. Croatia participates in UN peacekeeping operations in the Golan Heights, Cyprus, Sudan, Liberia, Lebanon, Western Sahara, and the Kashmir, supports NATO-led Kosovo force, and also the ISAF in Afghanistan. Kind of feel funny saying that and saying, are there things we can do to even strengthen the relationship? I'm very impressed with the commitment of Croatia to peacekeeping through UN and other uh, multinational organizations, but are there uh, remaining opportunities for us to deepen that tie? Thank you, Senator. Yes, uh, Croatia definitely punches above its weight on the security mm -hmm. front. It participates in 11 peacekeeping operations. It's been with us in Afghanistan since 2003. It provided ammunition uh, and weapons to both Iraqi forces and the Peshmerga. It assisted uh, with the removal of Syrian chemical weapons 
and um, it's absolutely a, a critical support to pay for through its uh, provision of, of lift support. Um, that said, there's always more that can be done. And uh, if confirmed, I would look forward to working further with, uh, with uh, the forces in Croatia. One of the biggest priorities that we have there is to help Croatia modernize its uh, equipment. It still has uh, too much reliance on Soviet-era equipment and still relies on Russia for spare parts and in some cases servicing of that equipment. So one of my priorities, if confirmed, would be to help Croatia modernize its forces and its equipment to make it more interoperable with NATO forces and to, uh, to continue to support the efforts of this very willing ally. Ms. Raji, I look forward to working with you on the economic issues. Virginia has a huge amount of uh, direct investment from Swedish companies. The only vehicle manufacturing plant in Virginia is a Volvo truck plant in uh, Dublin, Virginia. Um, but I want to ask you about something else. You talked a little bit about the Arctic Council. I th this is something that I wasn't too aware of before I came to the Senate, but the U.S. has just taken on the chairmanship of the Arctic Council for the coming year. Talk a little bit about uh, initiatives you think the United States and Sweden can do together as the Arctic really changes in its strategic uh, importance. Senator, thank you for that question. The Arctic region, in fact, is an area of increasing importance uh, with the melting of the Arctic ice. There are new opportunities and challenges in shipping uh, commerce, trade, environmental protection, fishing, hunting, and the livelihood and the li living conditions of the four million indigenous Arctic people that live there. Um, correctly stated, we just took over the chairmanship of the Arctic Council. We have a very strong partnership with Sweden in the Arctic region and other environmental issues um, that I mentioned, but focusing on the Arctic Council, we have a scientific cooperation uh, with Sweden. Uh, we were co-founders of the Clean Air and um, Climate and Clean Air Coalition, uh, which focuses on um, reducing so-called short-lived um, climate pollutants or black carbon, which is a, a concern in the Arctic. And Sweden has a particular expertise and knowledge in that area. We we'll cooperate with them on that um, on that uh, council. Uh, scientific research is another area. And um, broadly speaking, I would say that we share the, the values um, that the Arctic Council is the preeminent um, intergovernmental forum for cooperation. The Arctic has always been a region of no conflict and cooperation on scientific research and environmental issues, and um, all of the members um, are interested in maintaining that uh, practical cooperation and our mutual goals. Great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Ms. Pettit, I'm interested in Latvia with all of the challenges we deal with on this committee with Russian influence um, and their sort of more bellicose recent posture. Uh, Latvia, I guess 38 percent of Latvians claim Russian as their mother tongue and their strong Russian cultural ties. What is the view of the kind of Latvian population about Russian expansionism uh, in the Baltic region and elsewhere in Europe? Thank you, Senator, for that, for that question. Uh, the um, as you say, there are a large number of Russian speakers in, in Latvia. Uh, however, the, um, those Russian speakers are very, they're supportive of uh, Latvia's participation in Euro-Atlantic institutions. Um, for example, the political party that represents these Russian speakers uh, believes that Latvia should be uh, a member of the EU. And there are many advantages to Latvian, all Latvians being members of the EU. 
Uh, I think that one of the areas of concern is the area of uh, Russian propaganda. And the Latvian government is addressing this issue. They're addressing it uh, by uh, increasing the number of Russian language programs that they have. Uh, they have a, a new uh, television studio uh, for their Russian language programs. The United States is working closely with Latvia on this. Uh, VOA and RFVRL now have a, a nightly uh, language program uh, that's available online for Russian speakers who are looking for objective, truth-based media. And uh, I, if confirmed, I will uh, continue to, to work with uh, Latvia to address these issues. I think that the message that we have uh, to share is, as um, Azita mentioned and Julieta mentioned, is our strength through diversity. And we have a great message to share uh, with this country, with Latvia. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Kelly, talk a little bit about the delicate situation that George is in with Russia in the uh, posture that they're in, uh, contrary to international law, in the two uh, areas of Georgia that you described. Georgia still has been a participant with NATO in, in missions. I think there's one underway or recently noble partner on the borders of Russia. 300 American soldiers accompanied by 14 Bradley tanks transported across the Black Sea from Romania. NATO is uh, scheduled to open a training center in Georgia later this year. How does Georgia manage this with the challenge with Russia now and what can we do to, uh, to shore them up? Thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Senator. I, I think you actually identified one of the most tangible um, examples of the way we are shoring up their uh, aspirations to, to join NATO, and that's the, um, the, the training exercise that's going on right now, Noble Partner, where we have uh, hundreds of American troops from the 173rd Brigade who are um, helping the Georgians become interoperable with the NATO response force. And that is um, a, um, it's, it's a, it's a real token of our support for this bedrock principle that every nation has the right to choose its own alliances. And Georgia has overwhelmingly chosen to, to join NATO. So much of our bilateral assistance, of course, is, um, is designed to, uh, to help uh, Georgia become interoperable uh, with NATO. You also, um, I think, very sensitively pointed out the very difficult position they're in with 20% of their territory under occupation and with the Russian troops there um, digging in, uh, showing no signs of uh, living up to the terms of the ceasefire agreement in 2008, which called for Russian troops to, uh, to return to their previous positions. They are actually hardening the border, putting up fences and surveillance cameras. Um, they are um, denying uh, monitors from or the international community, like the EU monitoring mission from coming in, uh, which was also agreed to in the 2008 ceasefire. Uh, and I think, in, in general, we have to keep saying over and over again that we support their aspirations to integrate with Europe, to join NATO, to integrate with, uh, with the EU. And, of course, we need to have tangible, um, uh, tangible support as well. And we're doing it. Congress is, mm -hmm. has uh, made uh, Georgia 
one of the largest recipients of foreign military financing. Uh, it's also one of the largest recipients of uh, IMET, the uh, International uh, Military Education and Training. Uh, so we really are, I think, you know, walking walk the walk as well as talking the talk. And uh, uh, if, if confirmed, um, I will, as I say, continue to make this our priority to support their Euro-Atlantic aspirations. Thank you. Mr. Chair, could I ask uh, Mr. Delaware just one brief question? Thank you. I'm over my time, but Mr. Delaware, I'm curious about Kosovo, um, the number of foreign fighters that go from Kosovo into the uh, ISIL theater in Syria and Iraq, per capita among the highest in the world. I, I, I'm puzzled by that. Could you educate the committee about why that is? What is it about uh, Kosovo, its geographic or sort of ideological positioning that leads that to be the case? I, I don't think there's one easy answer, uh, Senator Kane. Um, there uh, Kosovo is the poorest country in Europe. Unemployment mm -hmm. around 40%. Among youth, it's probably in the neighborhood of 60%. Uh, so there's this economic factor. Uh, there's some, some people are going for ideological reasons. Some people are going for um, excitement and adventure, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a variety of, of challenges that Kosovo faces. Uh, fortunately, uh, Kosovo passed a law just two months ago in March uh, that would criminalize many of the uh, aspects of going to Syria and Iraq uh, to join uh, with ISIL. And, and we are working at, with the embassy in Pristina very hard with the justice authorities, the police authorities, to train prosecutors and to help uh, the government get a grip uh, on the problem. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Appreciate all of your testimony. Senator Murphy. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, good to see you in the uh, chair's spot. Uh, I enjoyed our two years uh, sitting at the head of this uh, subcommittee, and uh, we've got a really fantastic group of nominees here today, all going to very interesting countries, many of them in transition. Um, so uh, a few questions. Um, maybe, Mr. Uh, Kelly, I'll start uh, with you to extend this conversation about Georgia's future. Um, so I, I, I am a believer that uh, we are starting to compromise NATO's open door policy um, without a real tangible plan for uh, enlargement that includes Georgia. Uh, understanding that it is a very difficult nut to crack uh, with respect to the uh, occupied and contested territories, but that does not seem impossible. Uh, and so I want to ask you sort of what are the preconditions from our standpoint right now, from the U.S.'s standpoint, as to uh, what has to happen in order for Georgia to get NATO membership? And do you foresee a circumstance in which you could give the portion of Georgia that is not contested, is not occupied, uh, membership or give a type of membership with uh, reservations concerning uh, the extent of uh, the occupied uh, and contested territories. Ah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I, of course, you know, NATO is a consensus organization with um, all, all 28 members. I think, you know, the United States has a, has a good story to tell in terms of our support for uh, Georgia's uh, desire to, to join NATO. And I think that we really are doing um, uh, a lot to, to help them uh, prepare for, uh, for membership. And so I think a, a lot of what we have to do, or what we have to continue to do, because I think the embassy is already doing it, is highlighting what the, what the United States is doing uh, in, in terms of uh, training Georgians, of um, 
of integrating them into NATO missions. Uh, but you've, you know, you've, you've, you've put your finger on, on the really hard part of it, of course, which is the, the, um, the, the fact that uh, Russia occupies 20% of, uh, of Georgia and has compromised its, its territorial integrity. And so I think that um, uh, we just have to, to stay focused on, on the overall goal, goal of supporting uh, Georgia in becoming uh, more interoperable with NATO in reforming its defense institutions. And we have multiple programs uh, through state and through the Defense Department uh, to do that. And also be very steadfast in rejecting uh, Russia's illegal occupation of 20% uh, of, of Georgia's territory. But doesn't that effectively result in Russia having veto power over uh, Georgia's uh, accession to NATO if we don't hold out the possibility that there is a pathway for them to join um, while the occupation continues? Don't we essentially put the decision in Russia's hands? I, I do not think that Russia or any other country has a, a veto. On, on a country's uh, desire to, uh, to join NATO. Um, we do have good, um, I, I think, a, a good dialogue um, uh, through NATO with Georgia, through the NATO-Georgia Commission. I think that um, the, the path is clear to any aspirant uh, to join NATO. Um, obviously, the occupation of South Ossetia and Abkhazia is, um, is, a, is a very difficult issue. But this overarching principle that all countries should be able to choose their own alliances and, and associations is, is something that has to be really uh, defended. And the US has to do everything uh, it can, and of course is doing everything it can, uh, to, uh, to help Georgia realize its, uh, its aspirations. Uh, I think we've been half-hearted in our attempts uh, to lead the way to Georgia's membership in NATO. I, I hope that we change uh, at least the volume of our tune. Um, Mr. Delaware, you've uh, got big shoes to fill. Uh, Ambassador Jacobson has done um, really um, uh, important work for us at a very uh, critical time. I visited with her uh, in Pristina. Uh, last uh, fall um, at a moment in which I think she showed uh, immense discretion uh, in forcing the different parties uh, surrounding the government to make their own decisions uh, about a coalition moving forward, resisting the temptation that sometimes comes with that position to get too involved. Um, I also visited the um, American University there, uh, and uh, one of the answers to the question about the roots of extremism is uh, a real sense of hopelessness amongst young people in Kosovo, um, you know, large numbers of um, youth uh, unemployed and very little access to higher education. The American University there is uh, a unique asset um, that provides a pathway into the middle class for, um, uh, for, for young people in Kosovo. I just hope that you'll support their mission, uh, support the work that the new government is trying to do to expand uh, opportunities for higher education. It's really a uh, it's really stunning the lack of opportunities to get advanced degrees in Kosovo. AUK is right now um, their best bet to do that, but hopefully that experience can be modeled moving forward. Thank you very much, Senator. I, I know Ambassador Jacobson has done an incredible job, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing my best to fill her shoes, uh, but it will be hard. Uh, 
Fortunately, uh, USAID has uh, devoted a fair amount of resources to supporting uh, the access to higher education for Kosovar's uh, citizens. You're right, there's a long way to go, and I certainly agree with you about this, the hopelessness. Uh, we've, we've saw another example of that, not just in, in the ISIL direction, but also uh, in the winter, there were a fair number of Kosovo citizens who were attempting to immigrate basically to, uh, to Germany. Another symptom of that. So. And I think we need to help the, the coast of our government understand that this is not just about law enforcement. They've really done some impressive things when it's come to standing up law enforcement's capabilities, but they've, I think, got to understand the holistic strategy. Um, just one question, uh, Ms. Uh, Raji, good to, to, to see you. Um, I, I don't know if um, this question has been asked, but um, I, Sweden's stepped up their participation um, with NATO. They obviously have agreements with NATO through memorandums of understanding for training and military exercises important given the forward positioning of Russia in and around the region to uh, have uh, that dialogue continue. Uh, I, I assume that they are going to continue to be uh, an active participant with NATO uh, in whatever joint exercises are. Um, are, are appropriate uh, and that will encourage them to uh, increase their level of military integration um, so that we can send a coordinated message even with non-NATO partners to Russia uh, that if they are going to continue to run submarines and jet planes uh, over our friends' heads uh, and to our friends' shores that there's going to be a coordinated response. Great to see you, Senator Murphy, and thank you for that question. Um, as you know, Sweden is not a member, an ally of NATO, but it's uh, one of the on only five um, recently uh, designated enhanced opportunities partner. It has made significant contributions to uh, the missions of NATO and, in fact, other multilateral um, institutions such as the EU and the UN in, in peacekeeping and military exercises and so forth. With regard to um, NATO, um, Sweden currently has um, um, troops under Allied command in Kosovo and Afghanistan. It played a significant role in protecting the no-fly zone in Libya in 2011. And um, it continues to um, increase, as you said, some of its um, involvement with NATO in, in the exercises. For example, it, it, it joined the NATO response forum in 2013, which will enhance joint capabilities. And um, it did sign an MOU for host nation support agreement um, in 2014, which will regulate exercises in military transits on its soil. It has not been ratified, however. Um, we very much uh, have a strong partnership with Sweden um, on NATO missions, and if, con if confirmed, I will continue their cooperation and partnership uh, with NATO. Great. If I, just one quick question I forgot to ask, uh, uh, Mr. Delaware. On the um, Riga summit um, starts tomorrow. There was uh, a an expectation that there might be um, uh, an extension of visa liberalization for Georgia coming. It doesn't look like that may happen. Uh, I hope it, uh, I, I ask you whether it's going to be part of your mission to continue to work with Georgia and with the Europeans to try to. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Ke I'm sorry, Mr. Kelly. I'm sorry to Mr. Kelly. Um, Although you can respond to that question as well, uh, if you'd like, Mr. Delaware. Um, be happy to know what uh, the Coast of Ours ambassador, ambassador's position is on Georgia visa liberalization. Um, uh, Mr. Kelly, uh, what, uh, what's the role that we can play in trying to help them come to a better place on the question of um, visa liberalization vis-a-vis uh, -vis the European Union uh, post-Riga? 
Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, as I said before, our, really our top foreign policy priority is to keep uh, Georgia on a good, uh, a good trajectory. And um, I, I think that um, uh, it'll, be, it'll be important that the Euro-Atlantic community send signals that um, Georgia is progressing on this path. And I think this will help address some of the concerns you mentioned before, obviously, about uh, NATO's uh, open door, too. Um, but we, you know, a lot of our assistance program has been sort of reoriented to, uh, to help uh, Georgia uh, implement the, the, the terms of the association agreement. And uh, that's because it's really in our, uh, our U.S. national interests that uh, Georgia become integrated. Uh, into the uh, into the European Union and into European uh, European uh, institutions in uh, in general, so um, we can we can help them bilaterally with with the EU uh, obviously in um, in pushing uh, Georgia's case forward, but we can also help them with our uh, bilateral assistance program, and and uh, I know that we are doing that, and um, if I'm confirmed. Uh, I will uh, make it a real priority to ensure that that trajectory stays on a nice steep path towards uh, Euro-Atlantic integration, and of course that includes the EU. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for allowing me to go over time. N not a problem. I am going to just ask one, one other question before I close it out. So did you have any further questions before? Okay. Um, th this question is really directed at uh, Ambassador Kelly and, and Mrs. Pettit, but if any of the other nominees uh, uh, want to ha have anything to add based on your own country's representation, uh, my first congressional delegation trip was in the spring of 2011 before I was on the Foreign Relations Committee, and, and we visited Georgia, Ukraine, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. And back in 2011, it, it was very, uh, very clear and you know, basically unanimous that uh, all the countries we visited, the representatives from all those countries, we're, we're talking about what Russia was basically trying to do to undermine those fledgling democracies. Um, we're, we're seeing that obviously in spades today. I, I personally don't think Vladimir Putin's looking for off-ramps. I think Vladimir Putin's looking for on-ramps. I'm highly concerned about Latvia. Uh, I'm not sure where, what, what he's gonna be doing in, in uh, Georgia. I was up, by the way, right at the border, and I was, I was looking through binoculars at, at the Russians in the occupied uh, areas. Question I have is, you know, what concerns do you have uh, in terms of what Russia is doing in, in Russia and Latvia or within the region uh, to undermine those democracies? We'll start with you, Mrs. Pettit. Thank you, Senator. Uh, as I don't think I can say it any better than uh, President Obama said it in Tallinn uh, right before the whale summit in last September of uh, 2014, when he said that the defense of Tallinn and Riga and Vilnius is as important as the defense of Berlin, uh, London, and Paris. Uh, and that, that is our, our very strong message. Uh, Latvia is our NATO ally, and through our bilateral security assistance and through uh, our NATO activities, the Baltic Air Policing, for example, uh, the, our IMET program, our FMF program, Section 2282, uh, all, of, all of the um, 
uh, Wells commitments uh, that we are in the process of implementing now, the establishment of the command and control unit in, in Latvia, in each of the Baltic states will get a command and control uh, unit, the very, very high readiness task force that is uh, also being implemented. Uh, there is a lot going on, and I think that this sends a very strong message of deterrence. Again, that's what we're doing. So that's right. I'm more interested in terms of what your knowledge of what Russia is doing. And I'll throw out there the propaganda. I know I've gone over to Ukraine a couple times with Senator Murphy and with the bi bipartisan delegations, and it's always struck me how I think the senators are shocked at how effective uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia's propaganda is without any pushback or virtually no pushback on the part of the West. Uh, well, so again, I, I'm, I guess I'm looking just for your knowledge of, of what Russia right. is doing there, to undermine there is, democracy. Uh, there is plenty of uh, propaganda directed towards Latvia's uh, Russian language speakers, and um, this, you know, this is absolutely true. But uh, Latvia is addressing this issue. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they uh, have greatly enhanced the number of news programs that they have in the Russian language. Uh, and Russian journalists are leaving Russia and moving to Riga. And a former editor of uh, uh, one of uh, the biggest news platforms in Russia uh, opened her own new platform in Riga where there is uh, press freedom and she uh, is uh, She's gotten literally thousands and thousands of uh, hits on her Russian language website. The BBG here in, in the U.S. is working uh, with uh, Broadcasting Board of Governors, of course, is working with Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty and making available uh, new Russian language programs online. Uh, our goal is to provide objective, truth-based media to the Russian speakers in Latvia. Uh, and uh, I think that this is an issue of concern also within the EU, and I believe that uh, in, uh, shortly the EU will also be working uh, on this matter and addressing this matter. If I am confirmed, uh, I will go out and travel to the Russian-speaking areas of Latvia and engage directly uh, with this population, and, um, and I think that this is a, a great opportunity, again, to discuss or to present the U.S. view that there is strength in, in diversity. Okay, again, I, I am concerned, you know, with the hybrid or ambiguous war, mm -hmm. and obviously propaganda is part of that, maybe the first part, but, but there may be other actions Russia might be taking. That's just I'm asking. Ambassador Kelly, are you aware of anything, in, not even just in Georgia, but elsewhere in, in the Baltic states or that ring of democracies around Russia? And we obviously know what's happening in Ukraine. Yes, I, you know, as, as someone who has uh, followed Russia for, for many, many years and um, am a bit of a, a Russian media junkie, I am uh, appalled by the kind of, uh, uh, well, let's just let's call it by its real name, by the lies that are, are being spread about what our intentions are in, in supporting these countries and about what Russia is actually doing in, in some of these countries. And... Um, in the, in the case of um, of Georgia, I think that um, they are ramping up their their um, uh, outreach to uh, to Georgia in terms of uh, media. Uh, there are some NGOs that are active uh, in Georgia, 
And um, I think this gets back to, to uh, what Senator Murphy was talking about, about our concern about um, the uh, maintaining the level of support within Georgia. Uh, and, and we don't we don't want to see that 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 level fall, and and uh, so we would be concerned about messages uh, that run uh, contrary to our values that we're seeing in the Russian uh, media, um, and we need to, as I say, in, ensure that uh, that Georgians uh, appreciate that we stand behind them in um, in supporting their. Uh, desire uh, to join NATO and to join um, uh, European institutions. And I know that Ambassador Norland's been very active in, in uh, uh, highlighting uh, U.S. assistance for, for Georgia in, um, in all of our public pronouncements, uh, highlighting our support for their territorial integrity. And uh, as somebody who has dealt uh, quite a bit in, in public diplomacy, I, uh, I too will relish being able to, uh, to go around Georgia and, um, and really show the Georgians that, um, that we're behind them. Okay. Any of the other, other nominees want to add anything on that subject? Sure. Mr. Delaware. Thank you, Senator. Just very briefly, uh, two of the major streets in, in Kosovo and Pristina are named uh, George W. Bush Street and uh, Bill Clinton Street. Uh, I, I don't think they're... Uh, will be fertile ground for any too much Russian propaganda in Kosovo, at least. Well, we, we rely on you to make sure that uh, remains that way. Senator Murphy. Mr. Chairman, one, uh, one uh, final question that I meant to ask uh, Ms. Noyes. Um, the, uh, the Croatians are currently flying Russian-made helicopters uh, and are uh, very interested in buying uh, American-made uh, Black Hawk helicopters, uh, something that I spoke to. Um, their defense minister about uh, when I was there on the same trip where I visited Pristina. Um, uh, can you uh, commit to us that you're going to work with the Croatians uh, to uh, make a significant upgrade to their uh, helicopter fleet such that they are no longer reliant on Russian technology? Thank you, Senator. I'm delighted to report that this year we are working with Croatia to get them some Kiowas. And I understand that discussions are underway with regard to the Blackhawks. And if confirmed, I would be delighted to support those efforts. Blackhawks are much better than Kiowas. <laughs> thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Thanks, Senator Murphy. Again, I'd like to thank all of our witnesses for your testimony, uh, for your thoughtful questions to our answers, uh, for your willingness to serve this nation. I'd like to thank your, your families for their willingness to support your service to, to this nation. And again, in anything we can as a committee of the, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee do to help you succeed in your mission as our ambassadors to those countries, please let us know. I, I think we, we really don't think often enough at how important what, what this committee says, you know, what we do, resolutions we may be able to pass, how that can actually aid you. So th think of this committee, uh, keep in communication with us, and, and again, you know, certainly wish you the best. Uh, with that, uh, uh, the record will remain open for questions and statements until the close of business on Friday. This hearing is adjourned. Thank <laughs> you.